Hey lovely ladies, it's Jen. I'm a mental wellness weight loss coach and I help women who are struggling with emotional eating. It can be a roller coaster ride of cravings and comfort and just drive you absolutely bonkers. So I break down how you break free from emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and kind of take a new approach, an untraditional approach to the way we look at eating, the way we look at weight loss, and the way that we look at living. So enjoy. And as my seven-year-old would like to say, sharing is caring. So send to a friend you think would benefit. And of course, on your socials, I'll love you forever. And don't forget to subscribe to Freedom Within to not miss any other future interviews or episodes to the show. Enjoy. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as medical treatment or medical diagnosis. Okay, so today I'm going to share some really tangible, really... Um, more of the structure, more of the like fundamentals of creating a meal plan for yourself and making it so that it's easy to stick to, it's easy to adapt, that it's super flexible, that it supports you and your life specifically, and that it creates more ease and just a lot more, flex- like I said, flexibility, but flexibility is key here, especially if you're someone that works, you know, uh, maybe a stressful job, someone that travels, someone that works shift work, someone that has kids, you know, or all of the above. Like you need something that is not rigid, that allows for mishaps, that allows for, um, you know, again, lots of flexibility. Because otherwise, we get into that all or nothing mentality. Many of the dieters, I mean, it, be honest with yourself. If you're that person, it's like. If I can't stay to this, I might as well be really great at not staying with it. So it's like the cycle of all or nothing, really, really good or really, really bad. Um, That makes us feel a little bit unbalanced, makes us feel over the place. It makes us continually focused on food. And it's something that doesn't have to be that way. So you still for it's kind of funny, the word diet. You know, I say like diets don't work and then also say that they actually do. It's just you can't stick with them. And then in all honesty, we all have a technically a diet, whether it's good, bad or other, whether it's working for you or not. And, uh, you know, dieting is something that our diets or how we eat is very important how we live. What we consume be food, our social media, our relationships, whatever is around us, our environments influence how we feel and how we, what is created in our future. So we do want to put some, we want to highlight this. We want to create really great, um, really great habits, really great patterns, really great conditioning, really great, uh, relationship with this area in our life, especially because how huge and how much, you know, how much it takes up in our lives you're a human being, you need to eat. You can't just not eat. You can't stop. Like it's something that you're going to need to do at least three times a day and then maybe some snacks. Um, every day, I think for women's a little different. I know, you know, the week of my period, I eat so much more than I do like the week after. I feel like I need a lot less. And then depending on my activity level, sometimes I feel like I eat a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on where I'm traveling. Like I ebb and flow with how much I take in, but when you zoom out in a month, it kind of is very balanced to be, you know what I mean? Like I, and that's one thing actually I want you to look at. Don't look at like day to day so much. 
um because what i'm going to teach you in this uh this podcast it'll give you a lot of framework for how to plan for your structured meal planning that works for you so you get away from the emotional eating the binge eating and still feel like you can enjoy food and create a really helpful whether it be um weight loss or maintenance arena you'll be able to be able to be in that based on you and your kind of knowing and intuition. So this plays off some of the other interviews I've done with how to be an intuitive eater. Um, This heavily is coming from this week. I released an episode with Christy who talks about being in the kitchen and cooking your own food. Um, And I think it's such a great, great tool to have. And also know that some people don't love it. So that if you're that person, you can still create a great meal planning structure for you by eating out. And just, I just find that there's always something you can do. You can always make it work. Um, it takes some intentionality. It takes some practice repetition until it becomes natural and is the person that you are. So know that this process is not an overnight process. This is like a three to six month intervention type thing that could be a year. And then finally, it's just you. But think of all the years of disordered eating, destructive eating, just all the, you know, binging or, um, you know, patterns of eating have been unhealthy and unsupportive and just been very, uh, like unnourishing to the body or the soul, whether it's being super restrictive or being overly, uh, indulgent, you know, result being not feeling great, not looking our best and not, enjoying the food that we could be enjoying. So, um, but yeah, so that's where this podcast came from. Just kind of like those couple podcasts. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to give you some of the behind the scenes, what my clients get and give you a really good understanding because it does, you know, planning is not dieting. And so you want it to be, it, it can be very helpful, very supportive. Think about you need to have, when we don't have any structure, it can create chaos. However, we want these, these structured, um, lines. They're not like you step over them and you failed. There's these lines are imaginary. They're set up by you. It's not, if you cross the line, you are forever, you know, scarlet letter wearing an A. This is not, this is not, this is not what this is. This is so it's supportive. So you can collect some data so you can categorize, you can have information. It kind of puts it more in the sciency but you need both that structure and that fluidity, that feminine energy, that availability to change and change your mind and go with the day that has now become my three kids are throwing up and uh, my husband's going to be home late and I was going to go to the store and now I'm not. And, or I, you know, my friends impromptu invited me to a party tonight, but I've already eaten all my calories for the day and I don't want to go because then I'll have to say, no, I can't eat that food. Like it offers you the ability to live life and still gives you that structure to be able to balance that out. Cause there's always, you know, oh, things are always coming up. You can't, you, you plan the best you can and then know that it's okay that things are going to like derail the plan and that's normal. And it's, you're making the best decision with the best option. So it's not about perfection. Often we get a little bit, um, tied into that prep, the more perfect I'm with my meal plan, of course, the healthier I'm going to be, the skinnier I'm going to be, the happier I'm going to be. And that's not how it goes. So the more you give your allowance of um, 
grace and just let things be and choose the best that you can. And that's going to be different every day. So it can feel scary, first of all, to go from giving yourself permission to eat. Like if you're a binger, um, eating normal can feel really weird. And then also bringing foods into the house that you normally would binge on can feel like, well, I don't want to bring that in because I know I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? And actually you are going to eat it. I'm going to give you permission to eat it. Um, we think that if we give ourselves permission, this is one of those things where like, this is where the trust building exercises come in. So you have this diet plan meal structure I'm giving you this time, but there is another side to this that needs to be looked at and that's your relationship to self. And there's other exercises that you would do to strengthen that area. We're not talking about that today in this podcast, but go to some some of my other podcasts. I have meditation exercises for you, some belief exercises for you, but there's other things in there just to kind of strengthen who you are, what you think, what you believe around food um, and around your life in general. So there's lots of other, there are other things. It's never just one thing, but this is a piece of the puzzle that you want to iron out and know that it takes time. Okay. So think about, we just had Thanksgiving here in the States. So I don't know if you've ever, you know, maybe it's, um, what's the holiday in the Irish holiday, St. Patrick's day. I don't know if you celebrate that, not just in America, but you know, we get the whole, we do the corned beef and cabbage with the potatoes. And my husband looks forward to it every year and we get it. And then after that, he's like, I don't want this again for a year. And then I think of Thanksgiving you know, you eat it, it's this huge meal, you overindulge, and then you have leftovers, you eat it again, you eat it again, and you get to the point where you're like, I don't want to look at a plate of turkey, stuffing, and mashed potatoes ever again. If you were to eat your most favorite delicious food all day long, every day, eventually your body's going to say, stop. Like, it's literally making me sick. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to look at it. I don't like it because you're um, when you just eat one thing over and over again, your body's not getting the nutrients. We really do thrive on variety. Our bodies need a lot of different minerals. It's able to adapt, especially as kids, be able to kind of convert different nutrients into other nutrients that we need uh, with an exception of being some of those amino acids. And like, that's not what we're talking about today, but it's extra work for it to do so. So the more variety that you can bring in, there's different macronutrients and micronutrients and um, just hydration and making sure your body's supported in that way. And then it functions really well. It's going to be easier for you for decision-making. It's going to be easier for you for just overall how you feel, mood swings, all that kind of thing. Um, but we get into this place where we think if we give ourselves permission to eat what we actually like, that we're going to always overindulge. And that's not true. It's just the pattern that's happening now. So going through some of the stuff that I'm teaching you today, you'll actually be able to shift from that fear of eating something you're not supposed to eat or the you know fear of having not control over food. So you restrict it and deprive it, even though it's what you want. No, like think about if I were to eat this every day, I would eventually, my body would say, no, but you just have to get better at recognizing those cues faster, quicker, more in tune with your system. And so you can get that within that, within a meal, you could start to eat something and then go, oh, I'm actually full. Actually, I'm done. Actually, this is enjoyable. And now it's becoming unenjoyable because I'm going too far. So starting to recognize those body cues that you don't have to eat it for three days and then finally it shuts down. So it's there, but you want to, you're going to get really good at reading your body and knowing it and getting those um, those cues from your body 
and uh, actually honoring them and listening to them and knowing that there's always another meal. There's always something else you can eat. You can wait two hours and have the same thing over again. I do that sometimes where I'm eating something, a pumpkin cheese, <laughs> pumpkin cheesecake and a pumpkin pie, all that. I love them. And I would have, I had it for breakfast, lunch and dinner the one day, but I had like a small slice with whipped cream and really enjoyed it. I wanted more, but instead of eating it at that moment, I waited and had it a little bit later. And it was, you know, you had got to look forward to it. Overall, I ate less, even though, and I didn't have that overfilled feeling of like, oh my gosh. And I also, you, sometimes it's about adding in and not taking away. So eating something that's like really high in sugar or really um, a little more you know, it's hard to, it's not an unhealthy food. Like it's, there's a, it can be in your space. Like it can be in your, on your plate, but you want to also offset these, um, these, hold on one second. I'm going to take a sip of water actually. And that's better. I'm like talking so fast. I felt like I was running out of air and I was getting parched. Um, but yeah, so if you, you know, you allow yourself the thing that you want. And then actually, you know, old diet gen would be like, well, if I'm going to eat this cake, I'm not going to eat anything else. Now it's like, okay, I'm eating this pie. Maybe I'll actually eat some nuts and extra, like an egg. And I know eggs pie doesn't sound like it goes, but like protein, some fats, some fiber, like bringing in the other things. So it actually slows down uh, your blood sugar, like the way that your, in, your body receives the, the food that are maybe a little bit more taxing to the system. So you're actually getting to eat more and still eat what you love and your system. Then you feel full longer. You have more society, society. Oh, that's such a difficult word for me to say. You feel full longer. Um, you're actually too, if you're working on, you know, regulating those blood sugar, which is also something I really encourage you to do um, versus focusing so much on the, you know, calories and all that kind of thing. Um, you're naturally going to level off those hormones, your ghrelin, your leptin, uh, insulin, like those types of things within your body. And it actually makes it easier for you to hear your body cues and signals and it supports your body in functioning really well. This is going to be a long podcast, FYI. I barely even scratched the surface, so buckle up. <laughs> um, but I want you to, if you know, if you commit to working in this way with your food, this is three, six months, again, a year process of gradually shifting over versus trying to overhaul your entire meal plan within a week or within a month. Because um, everybody is individually different of our needs. So you're going to monitor and collect data on how certain foods make you feel and how certain foods hit your body, how certain foods, you know, is it good? Do you benefit from eating a smoothie in the middle, in the morning when you wake up? Or actually, are you hungry too quickly and you need more like a hot meal that you chew differently, like smoothie, drinking something and chewing is different to the body. Even cold and hot foods, um, hit your digestive system differently. Like, so it can kind of cold food can dampen that digestive fire. So if you're starting with like a cold smoothie in the morning, 
even if it's really hearty, you might find that you've petered out of energy quickly. And a smoothie would be really great at like your three o'clock sweet. I want something sweet window or something. Okay. But this is different for everybody. Maybe you live in a hot climate and you're really active in the morning and you you don't want to have a heavy meal. You know what I mean? Everything is nuanced to you. So really pay attention to how you're feeling, your schedule and adapt. We adapt seasonally. We adapt culturally. This is a huge point too. A lot of diets, you know, they're not taking into account an Indian background, a Mexican background, a, I don't know, African-American background where it's like different foods, you know, conjure up different feelings, different emotions, different connections within yourself. Like you don't want to deny your cultural food food because it's like fried, right? Like you want to have a place for that on your plate and in your life because that's who you are and how you grow up. Can you make healthy swaps? Yes. And also allow yourself to have it just as is how your mother made it. You know what I mean? Like you want the ability to be really um, honoring your needs on so many different levels. And it just will break that cycle of I can, I can't, I shouldn't, you know, all of those food stuff that runs your life and is just frankly really, really difficult. So I want to help you move forward and away from this and just know that you will have so many mis- missteps, so many, um, you'll probably continue to binge if you're a big binger. This is important to hear and to know, and it's okay. What we just want to see is them reducing and eventually they peter out and you'll find yourself being like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a binge and I don't even know how long. Oh my gosh, I haven't been thinking about food. Like it just becomes a different because it's an identity change versus like a willpower change. Um, it's coming at it from a different vibrational level, a different energetic level. And you have the opportunity. Um, you can, if you're someone that like, you know, you make a mistake and it kind of triggers you into, well, the day is just fucked. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Split your day into quadrants. Uh, so, you know, early morning, mid-morning, afternoon, evening or something. And if you mess up at any of those quadrants, just say to yourself, like, no big deal. I can start over right now. I still have three other quadrants. I still have, I was still good two other quadrants. I have one more to go. I'm great. Like it's no, it's not gonna ruin my rest of my day. It's not gonna ruin my week or my month because I messed up once. I messed up in this moment. And what can I learn from it? What information do I need? Did this bother me? Write it down, figure out like what did I eat before? What was I doing before? What was I thinking before? Who was I with before? Like those types of questions get really, really curious in a very non-judgmental way. Like act like you're talking to your friend or your child or someone that you love and talk to them and be like, what went haywire? What happened? Like what? And let's plan for this again. Like how can we make this better for next time? Versus, oh my gosh, I just ate half this thing of ice cream. Might as well finish it. Just go, oh, you know what? I just ate half this thing of ice cream. Let's sit down with the journal and figure out what's going on and then plan for a really healthy dinner or whatever. You know what I mean? Like just adapt to the decision that you made and move on and look at it as every opportunity we eat so often that we each, each time we sit down to eat is another opportunity to try and figure out. It's another opportunity to get better. It's not another opportunity like to shoot the hoop in the basket. And don't ever expect them all to go in. Even the best basketball player, best baseball player still miss. They still don't hit every time. They don't get a home run every time. But 
more often than not, they do, you know, and eventually do what, you know, they're still winners. They're still playing top of the game because they practice and they do repetitions and they expect to do well, even if they make a mistake. So the expectation is I'm someone that knows what I want. I'm someone that knows what I need. I know someone that I uh, make good decisions. I, I eat what I choose to eat in the moment for my highest good, whatever those things are. Okay. All right. So it's definitely a little bit more work on the front end, but it's going to help you feel grounded. It's going to help you feel supported. It's going to give you valuable information, valuable data into what you need physically and mentally when you start to create meal structured plans this way. You know, all of our needs are different. Food needs, you know, our goals are different. Lifestyles are different. Um, religion, job, even your financial situation will influence your meal planning too. So I don't want anyone to feel like they can't do this based on where they're at. There's always something you can do. And this is not about perfection, um, but there's, regardless of where you are, there's always a better option that you can move towards. Not always perfect, but a better option, okay? Um, so one of the things you need is a maintenance option. Something that's like a bare minimum commitment that you know you can complete no matter what for the days that are really, really hard. So think about like the week of your period, <laughs> like maybe you're a little bit crabby. You get really annoyed with things. You don't want to do the things you, you know, you normally do. Um, maybe unplanned things come up, like someone in your family has an emergency and you end up having to help them or, you know, your job or places a project that you didn't expect on your plate. And now it's taking up extra time or whatever that X, Y, or Z is. It's it's nice to think that we're going to show up our best selves every day, especially on the hard days. But if you've had maybe a little one at home or even like a puppy that, you know, inter is interrupting your sleep and, or maybe you're on the road for your work, your decision-making is going to go down and your stress is going to go up and, you know, you go off plan. And most diets, this is where you stop, you quit, you revert back. So instead of reverting back, you're going to go to this baseline approach where you're going to support yourself from a, your lowest self, whatever she needs. You're going to create a plan for her, not for your plan for the woman that's got the, all of the sleep, has all the food prepped in the fridge and, you know, is flying high because we're all her many days of the week. And that's the goal is to be her the majority of the time, but everybody has a down day. And more often than not, in the beginning, you have more down days than you move up. So that's where we want to start to shift you by supporting the down, the down girl, not by being the mean girl. That's like, you can't do this. You suck. Look, you had chips. You're an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to support and say, oh my gosh, today's a really hard day. And you had the chips because you love chips and it makes you feel comfortable for a minute. But let's add in also the protein that the um healthy fats the uh, the micronutrients and making sure your body's supported and let's go to bed a little earlier and not worry about the food as much and tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're going to start again you know changing this whole thing and you're going to do your kind of like your baseline approach which is and this will be a little bit different for everybody maybe you're really good at drinking water or maybe it would be easy for you to start to be a really good water drinker that's your thing you can do to support yourself on your worst days. So even if your day goes to shit, you can say, like, okay, I can still drink water today. Or maybe you're working on working out more and 
like, you know, you're doing these 30 minutes a day movement or whatever it is, and it's a hard day. You're going to say it's a seven minute stretch, which you can do. I love going onto YouTube. You can even put in seven minute stretch or 10 minute uh, yoga flow. And that can be done at a drop of a hat. Honest to God, you can do it anywhere. Put it on your phone. I've done it at kids uh, sporting events. I've done it traveling because you don't need much room. I've done it on vacations. Like, so you got your 10 minutes in right before bed. If the day got away from you or do it first, you know, well, I guess it wouldn't be first thing in the morning if it's your day went to shit, but you get what I'm saying. So, um, maybe it's even getting really good at just noticing that you're making sure that you have protein, fiber, and fats every day and micro and macronutrients. So you're looking at that. You're getting that like baseline of I've I'm getting my protein in and I'm getting my hydration and whatever, you know, or maybe it's like, even you're not, maybe your baseline is you're not really there yet to figure that all out, but you're willing to write what happened down. So you can journal about your food and your feelings, but just for the data. So it's like, so that you can create customized solutions for the future. Like you can look back at your journal and look through things and start to like, pick up the patterns and how you're operating. So it gives you space to be human. And it also doesn't let you give up on you. So even the days where you're eating really bad, you writing it down and creating some space to look at it and understand it and self-awareness, that's going to change who you are. So you're not changing what you're doing, but you're changing how you approach what you do. And that's going to change who you are in the future. If you continue with that, I promise. Um, so how can we do this? So you don't have to, all right. So you're journaling, you're getting your water in, whatever that is, but you, what this does is you get to drop to your bare minimum on the days that are really hard for you. Okay. You don't have to jump ship. You don't have to decide that it's too hard and you can't do it. You don't have to decide that this isn't for you and you can never lose weight. You get to say, okay, how can I support me today? And tomorrow I pick back up again and try again. And what I want you to do is you're going to start by making a master list of breakfast, lunches, dinners, snacks, and treats. Okay. So this list is going to be, uh, it's your go-to list. It's got everything you need there. So you don't have to think about what you need to eat or what you need. So it's like, it gives you a, fr you have a frustrated day. You don't want to make another decision. You have this list of things that you know, work for you and that you want to eat and can eat. So pick meals you're currently making that, you know, that work for you or work for your family. Um, and you can just start with a handful of options for each category, like so that, and then continue to add to your master list. If it feels like a big project, like you don't have to have everything on there that you ever will eat ever again. Like that's, we don't need to go to into perfection, show up superhero, like just put in a few things and then just keep adding and it evolves. And as you find new things and as you get stronger and as you get more, um, stabilized, like this just, it, it's, it makes it easy for you to feel confident, um, eventually without a meal plan or without, you know, this master list. But until then, you're going to want to use it and it's going to help you have, be more effective, like with your time, it'll give you more effectiveness for your energy um, and just helps during those stressful times that we all actually do have and will have. 
So you're also going to want to include on this list, like, um, drive-through, <laughs> the drive-through options, the takeout options, the frozen meal options, the um, restaurant options, because it's nice to think that you're going to create every meal beautifully and you're going to make, you know, you're going to meal plan every perfectly and have this great everything every day all the time but that's not real life and a lot of you guys love eating out like love it and you don't want to give it up that's part of why you quit too because you're giving up things you love so instead you work it in and that includes fast food options you don't have to eliminate fast food forever and you could still be healthy and have fast food here and there what's not healthy is eating fast food binging it and eating it too, it makes you sick. You know what I mean? This is how we eat is important too. Not necessarily just what we eat. What we eat is important too. But again, that's a different podcast. Because um, sometimes it's about the best option in the moment, not the best option ever, okay? The stress of not, like the stress of not having the perfect option isn't serving you. You know what I mean? Like you, this is going to help to change your relationship and change how you're showing up for yourself of like, what is the best thing that I can do right now, even though versus this isn't good enough. I might as well not try, you know, give me everything. Let's just eat it all. <laughs> or even like it can mess with you a little bit in your head where I know a lot of dieters, they finally give themselves space to go to a restaurant, eat what they want, or they try to go to a restaurant and find something that's healthy for them, but they're not actually eating what they actually want. So then they feel like the night is ruined and it's not as fun and it's like, and then let's say the meal comes out and it's not that good. And then it kind of pisses you off because you're eating something that you didn't even really want. And then it's not even good and it ruins the night. And then now you're picking a fight with your husband and you are just all over annoyed. annoyed. So it just allows you to like step into a different place of how you show up at restaurants of knowing, well, I have another try. I get to do this again. It's not a big deal if my meal isn't great today. You know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like you probably do if you're you're here. <laughs> um, a lot of times women too, I think the worst part is it makes you feel like a bad person when really it's just something that we need to strengthen within ourselves of how we change that relationship with food. Um, it's You're not a bad person. There's no moral, moral right and wrong with what you decide to eat at a restaurant. Like, right guys? Um, and we're doing this meal plan. We're doing this structured meal plan so that you have convenience like for you, especially on the mentally exhaustive days. So, um, it's about creating options that serve you for the, having the good days and the not so good days. Okay. Hey, so I'm going to interrupt myself to tell you a few things that you need to know. Well, first off, I'm so glad you're here. I love that you're here. I appreciate that you're here. And I want you to know that there is a voice recording button in these episodes that you can actually use to ask me questions that you want to know. So anything you're struggling with, anything that uh, you're having issues with, things that you would like more insight on, so emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and then beyond. So anything I've touched on in any of these podcasts, you you know, is fair game. And don't worry, I won't share your question or your voice unless you you can just let me know in the question if you want to be shared. So don't worry about that. But don't forget to get your freebie in the show notes. And of course, if you want to work with me, um, apply in the show notes as well. And there is a DIY option that's amazing for women that are like ready to go and ready to go now. Uh, and then the 
the next thing is I want to ask you if you are enjoying these episodes and you have found them helpful to leave a five-star review or like by clicking the star or even leaving a review so that this information gets out for more women to hear and more women to um, get some support. Anyway, back to the show. Love you. Bye. And trying to think what else like we the other part of this too is adding in the things that we love and adding the things that we want to eat helps to kind of keep you from thinking about it as soon as you take something away from from the diet or from your day-to-day it makes you want it that much more so if you have something like your binge food is chips I want you to eat chips in a individual packaging every single day I want you to put that in your, if you know you're going to eat it, put it on your meal plan. If you know you're going to want it, you put it on your meal plan, but you put it in a, in, in a reasonable amount, but you also can let yourself eat more, eat a serving and then assess and then eat another serving and then assess. And then you need another serving and assess until you're like, then you just collect the data of like, I ate four servings and I actually, my stomach's starting to hurt. And like starting to just be very, very, very aware. And because you actually get to have them again tomorrow because you didn't take them off your list, sooner than later, it might take six weeks. Okay, guys, it's not going to be overnight, but sooner or later, you're going to go, I don't want these chips right now. I actually don't need them. I don't need them in my in my meal plan. I can have them. I want them. Like put it in there. Like if you're going to, if you know you need chocolate every day, you put it in there. And if you don't eat it, that's fine. You don't have to eat it because it's on your meal plan. So this isn't like that where, you know, diet's like, you have to eat this. This is, this is what you eat all day. So you can put something on your, on your plan for the day um, and not eat it. And that's totally fine. But you want to put everything on there that you would want to eat. So if you're someone that likes a little sweet treat, put it in there until eventually it might get to a point where it, kind of dwindles down and you don't crave that sweet thing, or maybe you do, but it works with everything else you eat. So it's a non-issue. Okay. So it's going to take time to figure out what that is for you. And everyone's different. This is an individual process and personalized process. Um, and everyone kind of has a different way of operating. And I want you to know that so progress in this way, if you're personally right now, say like you're eating 90% processed food, like your diet is 90% processed, going to 80% processed and going up 20% in whole foods is progress and is super amazing. It's like, it's amazing. It's so, it's perfect. Diets have you go from 90% to like zero and it fucks with your head and it makes it very difficult on your body which is accustomed to eating that processed food. We want to shift you out of that processed food by dropping it down can, like in increments, allowing yourself to just slowly um, bring in more whole foods, more real foods, and the processed foods is allowed to be there. But when you start to just kind of shift the scale or shift the, like, the ratios of how you eat that, where you're not feeling deprived and it's not about the food, it's about finding health and energy. Um, it's going to change the way that you're able to do it versus feeling like you're being punished, that things are being taken away from you, that you feel annoyed and like super pissed off that I can't eat that anymore. So you're still allowed to go out and have that donut in the morning with your husband, 
And then also bring in extra fruits and veggies, you know, the rest of the day, whatever that is. Okay. Um, think about even if you're like someone that drinks a soda with every meal and you get down to one a day, you made progress. That's amazing. Good job. Like maybe you end up with one a day soda for the rest of your life. Like it's, but everything, but you're adding in all this other things and you're getting enough hydration with water and you're making sure other things like maybe that's your thing. This is like not an all or nothing. You're allowed to like, your body is very, very smart. Your body is super efficient and also know, I like put a caveat on here. Everyone is different on their health space. If you're a diabetic, if you have celiacs, like I give you permission to eat whatever you want. And yeah, and you have to be the person that is responsible and respect your body enough to say, I have this thing currently. I believe we all can be, I, I believe in remission or transition from a identity or disease or whatever that is. However, if you're currently in that space, respect your body enough to eliminate the gluten because that's what you have to do. If you have a clinical diagnosis, I think if you have something, if you're, if all foods are bothering you and it's, you're reacting to everything, like that's an issue with the way that you digest and your assimilation of food and your gut lining and maybe your hydrochloric acid or uh, even by like your, it's, it's a different something else is going on within the system that's not allowing you to receive the food. It's not that you can't eat all these foods. You don't have an intolerance to like 70 foods. It's you need, your body's like needs something else. So there's different ways of looking at how we create this. And that's why there's not one thing that's all you even, even you want to make sure your detox pathways are good. And just, there's so many things that go into it, but just know when you start to flip and turn the tables to health versus not like it just gets easier and easier. Okay. Kind of like that success begets success situation. Um, but just knowing that making progress is progress and that's what you want progress, not perfection, and just continue to make the best decision for you and continue to along and making more and more progress. Okay. So maybe you might be the opposite where you don't eat enough right now. Like maybe you're not eating breakfast. Um, and then you have like a super light lunch and then you're trying to eat that balanced dinner of like chicken <laughs> with a veggie, but then you end up binging at night or you do that and you're not eating them. Like that's, you, you gotta change. You're gonna have to start by adding in more food more food in the beginning of the day, making sure you're getting protein in the beginning of the day, like um, making sure that you're getting what you need from where you start. So where you're starting from is important and not beating yourself up that you don't have everything, you know, all the boxes checked yet. Do it for you and where you are. You're just pretend you're starting over as like a new person, learning how to eat, coming from like you are the preschooler. Let yourself be the preschooler and work yourself up back, you know, elementary, high school, college, master's, whatever. You're going to get there, but you have to go through the steps and just have a very fundamentally strong relationship with food so that when you, you can get, you can't just go from a preschooler and be put into a master's class and think that you're going to be able to stay there. They're going to demote you and they'd be like, you know what? You got to go back. <laughs> you got to start over. Um, so it's actually faster to go slow. Um, and I want you guys to know too, like sometimes these figuring out, you might actually gain weight in the beginning. 
your metabolism might be so effed up and dysregulated that it just doesn't know what to do. And it needs time to re like recalibrate into a normal space. So your body might not release weight for months. It could take three months, four months just to get your body optimized for weight loss. Okay. Fat loss, really not just weight loss. Um, so know that that might look like weight gain. It might be that you're actually more tired initially, like you might feel worse, but you also might find that you lose inflammation. You might actually feel better. Um, you might find you lose weight while eating more. So this is all subjective to you, but just know that there is the, it, there is that possibility of feeling worse or other things happening before you get balanced. And that's why sometimes it is nice to have support along the way, but, um, but it's okay to, you know, modify everything, work up to what you need. Um, and figuring that out is, is the job and having some structure and having the time and space to kind of build awareness and collect the data is what's going to help you in creating a really great, um, meal plan that works on the days that are great, works on the days that are not great works for you during the winter time changes in the summer. Like it just makes it easier for you. And it helps you to bring in the foods that you love that feed your soul. And then also nutritious nutrients, dense food that, you know, feeds your functional body. Um, the meal plan that's created by you takes into consideration where you are now currently, and then also where you want to go. Um, so I'm hoping this is helpful for you and this is landing and this is making sense. Let me know, you know, you can always DM me in my Instagram. Um, I would love to hear some of your feedback from this of what you're thinking, but making sure you're adding in foods that are normally off limits so that you start to let go of that cycle of restrict binge, restrict binge on the back end. Um, it also gives you freedom to choose different meals. So, oh, so I didn't even give you like how it works. So in the morning, what you'll do is, so you'll, when you, when you shop, when you food shop, what you'll do, and this is how it is. Like I buy a lot of the same things over and over again. And I also bring in new things on the regular as well, but you'll have, you'll get to a space where you're always food shopping, where you have a lot of things on hand that, you know, that go together well, or that can be easily pulled together for a meal for you or snacks for you that support you. So you're going to get to a really, it, it just becomes such a second nature of like, you don't have to think about what you're eating, but initially every morning, I want you to sit down, whether it's with your coffee, or if you're not a morning person, you could do it the night before that's a better time for you, but you want to do it before you start eating for that day. And you already have your master list set out and you're going to pick option A and option B. And, and you're just going to pick out, okay, uh, what's, you could, you know, do it in, you know, you could sit in your kitchen while you're doing this and you open your cabinets, you open your fridge and you go, okay, I have this, this, and this on hand. I have turkey in here. I have eggs. I have, I'm going to have this for breakfast. I'm going to have this for lunch and I'm going out to dinner. So you're going to put that on your list. You can also put a second option because maybe you ate your breakfast and then lunch changes. You actually have to run out. So you hit Chick-fil-A, whatever that changes maybe what you're going to eat for dinner, but you already have an option. You're going out to dinner. You put two, you know where you're going and you looked at the menu and you picked out two options that you could potentially eat. 
And, and guys, it's even okay if by the time you get to the restaurant, things change and you decided to eat something else, but you just write on your food list that you changed it because this is going to give you information for later of like, that was a good meal that I picked. That was a meal that actually I wouldn't choose again. So you could put it onto your master list or put it into like, I don't ever want to eat that again kind of thing. Um, but the master list is going to help you to pull from and give you ideas and have things there for you to, you know, gauge. And then you're going to use what's in your kitchen and what's in your pantries already to create the meal. So it's not like you have to meal plan Friday, like on Sunday for Friday. Because if you're like me, like by like, when I say I'm going to eat something on Thursday and then Thursday rolls around, I don't want it anymore. Or things have changed where, or maybe that day I'm not that hungry, or maybe that day I'm really hungry and I want more. So this allows you to create in the day and then actually allows you to make changes in the moment for that meal. It makes it super, super flexible. Um, so it's it gives you structure plus freedom to choose. And having the freedom to choose gives you, it feels empowering. It feels like you know what you want and what you need. And eventually doing this, you do. Okay? So the restriction plans will have you binging. The, this way it's giving you, you're learning your, you're, it's like an experiment and you're learning who you are. You're learning what you love. And I want you to include those snacks and treats. I want you to include the things you enjoy, things you love, those forbidden foods. Like I swear they're going to lose their luster eventually, especially if you're incorporating things like tapping and the emotional eating, like, like energetic processes that I teach, like, especially if you're doing the other things on the emotional level that you're supporting yourself, the need to eat the forbidden foods will pass and you will do it in a very normal way, whatever normal is like, you know, I'm putting my fingers up with those little quotations. So it'll just normalize and the compulsion for them is going to like go down. It's going to dissipate. Um, it could take a month. It could take three months. It could take six months. Okay. But using this and then other, you want to use other stress management tools. So you want to be working on your stress management and your emotional reg regulation along with this like fundamental process with food. Um, but this will help you. This is going to help just lay some understanding of what you need and how to do it on like a very, just the structured way. Um, you're also going to work on your hunger and fullness, like so that it becomes easier to stop or delay food and to know when you can eat again. So this is a little bit different. I give, you can pull up on Google, um, hunger and fullness scale. I give one to my clients and have some exercises, but you, it's readily available. You can find it, you know, Google it. Um, but this is going to allow you to rate kind of how you feel before you eat. Even during your meal, you can take a couple breaths in the middle and, you know, rate how you feel. And then at the end, um, and you're going to also want to bring timing into this. Like when's the best timing for you to eat? When does it give you the most energy based on your job and your commitments? Because some days it's going to be, you're going to have to rely. It's called practical hunger. hunger. So if you're a shift worker, you're going to have to figure out it is going to be based on when you're allowed to eat, not just much, so much when your body wants to eat. So you're going to have to get into a space where you can um, 
preemptively understand what your body will need. And that takes practice and understanding. That takes going through the structured meal planning to understand your needs of like, oh, I got to eat a nice, big, large breakfast to get me through that six hour, 12 hour shift or whatever it is you're on. You know, I recommend not going more than three to four hours without food um, to start to find your windows. So some people need to eat every two hours. Some people need, can go five hours and feel fine. It doesn't, it's going to be what hits your blood sugar, what you'll like, you know, what, where, when the moodiness comes in, when the shakiness comes in, like you want to get before that happens. So like figuring out those nuances for you, what the hours are and like what, how much food that looks like on your plate to get you that three to four hours on average, and then cater it to you as a person. Sometimes, you know, someone that's maybe eating vegan might eat a little more often, it, it, you know, depending on just, a, it's, it's so you, this is just, it's about you as a person, who you are and how you eat. Um, so I also recommend a 12 to 14 hour break to give your digestion a break, not for weight loss. So you're not fasting. This isn't a weight loss intention. This is a digest, give your digestion a break so that it has, it can actually do what it needs to do. And 12 hours is like perfect. I think 14 hours is like amazing. I wouldn't. And when I say amazing, I mean, like, if that's what makes you feel good, it's not a prerequisite. I don't feel like there's any like set times. This is where you get to have that flexibility of bringing in maybe one night you're going on a date night or there's a group of girlfriends going out. Like you have some leeway to eat a little later or, you know, if you stop a little earlier, you eat a little later in the morning the next day. Like this is not any hard, fast rules, more so guidelines for health and wellness within the system and the body and then adapt around it and adapt your, you know, your windows and your eating schedules accordingly based on your life and not necessarily like the, you know, I, I think I did a fasting podcast episode of how I feel about it for women that are going, that are in their periods. I just don't think long-term it's says, if you're like chomping at the bit to eat and need to eat, like you might need to start with not 12 hours to it. Like maybe it's 10, maybe it's eight, and then just start to, you know, broaden that a bit to give your system a little bit longer of a reprieve and see how it feels for you. And then if it doesn't feel great, you get to, you know, this is like experiment for you and align that which works the best for you now. So I'm not saying when I said awesome, I don't know. That was just more like awesome. Great. If that's great, that's great. If it's not, it's not great. Like keep working to find your best windows. But I do truly feel that 16 hours is excessive for women, especially consecutively long-term. There are fasting, um, you know, specifics for maybe if you're for spirituality or for a different intention. And then even also there might be for when your body is running optimally. So like the fasting could be helpful under supervision with someone that knows how to do that. So I'm, I'm more or less speaking, like get the advice or the expert in that area to help you through something like that. That's what you feel called to do. So it's not like, I'm never saying to you, you can't ever do something that if you feel called to do it for your body specifically, if you're going through something, we're all going through something different. So I'm not trying to take that off the table, but just in general guidelines, if you have a body, giving your digestion a break is helpful because if it's using a lot of energy, it's focused on digesting that food. It might not be, you know, 
doing some of the other things that could be of benefit within the detox process going through the system. Does that make sense? Hopefully. All right. For a woman, I don't think you need to go any longer than that. So that looks like if you get up, you know, you have to do your windows of like, maybe I was talking to a girl. She was like, I eat late because, but it, because it was her schedule. Like she slept late because she didn't go into work till late. I'm like, it's fine. You can eat late. Like it is, but it, cause she can still give her body a 12 hour break to let her, you know, system do what it needs to do. So you're like, you don't want to demonize, oh my gosh, I have to eat at night. I should stop eating when the sun goes down because that's what Ayurvedic made is, which is still very helpful and would work for some, but like, you have to make it work for you. If you're not going into work until 3 PM and you're working the evening shift, like let yourself be the person that eats at night, but then maybe you don't eat as much in the morning, even though it can be really helpful to eat in the morning as a woman. Like I'm not saying one is better or worse. One will support you. You have to find what supports you in your schedule. Maybe one day you get out, maybe you want to get yourself out of that night work and into a more routine that works with your circadian rhythm too. But right now this is what's happening. So you have to plan for where you are and where you want to go. Does that make sense? Um, but that 12 hours, it's not like we're counting down the hours and we're trying to really hard not to eat, you know, seven o'clock. It's a, we shut the kitchen down thing. It's not a hard fast. Now I'm going to stare at the kitchen because I want to go in there, but I know I can't. And you know what I mean? That starts that like mental chatter or that emotional, um, stress. Cause that's a lot of energy expended of that. Those times, like one, you could probably find something else to do that you enjoy, like puzzles. I'd say things that use your senses, things that use your, uh, hands. It can be really helpful in switching, especially in the beginning of like changing up patterns, but really, you know, it doesn't have to be hard fast, but just try, try to get those buttons and see how you feel. That's another thing too. do it for a little while and then see how you feel then you're going to start to feel better and then you're going to go want to keep continue to do it and the easier it is to do the more likely you're going to do it so every more every day in the morning take a peek in your fridge in your pantry what do you have also what's happening that day you know what's going on with your life and then what does dinner look like what does breakfast look like what does lunch look like what snacks do you have you know but it's going to give you the meal. It's going to give you some structure. Um, you're also going to want, you can go back and look. One of the reasons why you want to do this where you're writing it down is because you can look at the previous day, the previous month and the previous uh, week, whatever, to see what worked and what didn't. And also the progress that you're making. You're going to get to see the progress that you make having have written this down and looked at it and see it. And you're the one making it. So it's, it's, you're allowed to adapt it to make sure that it eventually it's going to work. So this isn't like you have to keep trying to make it work. You're going to change it to make it work. Okay. And you also will change to make it work. So you are changing and you get to change the thing, um, to find your sweet spot. Um, but you'll get to ask your things like, why didn't you, when you fall off this plan, you can say, why? why didn't it work? Not like, oh my gosh, I'm a loser. I can never do this. Or you're going to say, what's wrong? You know, you, you get to find what makes sense for you. You get to find the best route for you. Um, and you get to adjust this list, this master list, and you'll keep an eye on your habits, um, your patterning, your situations, and 
it's just going to give you a lot of insight in your needs and how you operate and having the awareness is what's going to help you change. Um, I also give my clients the four A's, which I think I'll do a little, I think I'll do another podcast for that just because this is, this is such a long podcast, but, um, I wanted to give you like the structure behind starting to be an intuitive eater. Like there, it's not just, there is structure, but there is freedom. If that makes sense, it's both. And each person's meal plan is going to look different. Not two people is going to be the same. And I honestly think too, it's different seasonally or what's going on in your life. You know, if you're find out you're pregnant, you're going to add in more food. Like you find out, I don't know, there's just so many variables that change, but this allows you to have the change and still support yourself in your, um, in your journey of weight loss and of maintenance. So that's an important part too, of being able to, a lot of times people diet, they lose the weight and then they're not going to keep eating 1300 calories a day, right? Like you, you, you physically can't, I mean, unless you're like at it as an adult human, as an adult woman, you really don't want to live on that. Um, you need more calories to function on just a human level. So yes, you, eight in calorie deprivation to lose the weight, but you can't eat in calorie deprivation forever. So generally women start to add back in their old foods that they wanted because they had eliminated them. But now because there was no like relationship building or understanding, it's like a free-for-all. And then you end up slowly ending up back right where you started. Uh, often in in not a great, in a worse space than when you started. So this allows you to understand where your needs are to lose weight because you're going to monitor that. And then it also allows you to find out where the spaces that allows you to stay at the weight that you'd like without gaining or losing, you know, I leave a window there, women, seven pounds, um, generally speaking is what is fluctuated throughout the month because of water weight and hormonal shifts and things. Um, but that zoom out is what's important to like make taking, looking at things on a monthly versus day to day. Um, to see your actual results in that regards. That's what I mean when, when looking at results, you zoom out. And then the day-to-day, you're going to do the day-to-day processes of this structure. But, um, oh, my mind just went blank. I've been talking for quite a while. So I'm going to wrap this up, but I just really felt, felt like I wanted to give a very, a, a little bit more specific answer of what, like when people say, we got to eat for your, for you and eat when I, you know, I talk about make it work for you. This is, this is a system to help to make it work for you. That's, it's like a system, but not a system. Um, but it really, really does help. And it makes the need for the food that you want. It it allows you to eat the food you want in a way that serves you versus, uh, that restrict binge cycles that so many of um women suffer with today all right but yeah i'm going to end here and then if there's any questions that come up specifically from this episode i would love to hear that from you and then maybe i can create some like small short little um episodes that answer one question based on this and just to give it maybe i'll give it a little bit more understanding because i know this is a lot of information this is like this this is this is you know you know a month's worth of 
work in an hour worth of talking. <laughs> so um, don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Just start with creating that master list of a few things, a few options for each each day, and then start and build on that and use that every day you sit and see what you have. <clears throat> start to take the inventory, start to collect the data, start to write down the befores and afters, start to you know become the become the detective or the investigator for you of what is the best option in all the different situations that come up. So, um, but I hope this was helpful for you. And I really, really know that you can do this. I mean, it might sound like a lot, um, but this can be done. It is absolutely, absolutely doable. And I know you can do it. So I hope that you have a wonderful day and I love you. Have a great day. Bye. See you next week.